Greetings from Detroit. You're listening to One Record. My name is Mike Dukevich. I collect records from the 1950s, 60s, and 70s. A lot of my collection is music from Detroit that most people haven't heard. It's obscure music now, more than 50 years later, though at the time it was released, the artists and labels that produced it often had every aspiration of making hit records that sold millions of copies. Well, that didn't happen for one reason or another. When I listen to these records, I'm always so curious how they came to exist and what happened to prevent them from finding success. Most times, any information available on this music is minimal, incomplete, or limited to second, third, fourth-hand sources. This project aims to change that. Each episode of this show will focus on a single record from my collection. We'll hear from the artists themselves, sometimes for the first time, as they share their stories and reflect on making music in Detroit half a century ago. On this episode of One Record, we'll meet Bobby Smith, whose 1964 record, Miss Stronghearted, is one of my absolute favorites. It's an understated song of empowerment from a woman done being done wrong. Today, Bobby is still strong as ever, as you'll hear over the next half hour as she recounts her brief career in one of Detroit's greatest girl groups, the Dream Girls. Thanks for listening. So I know we're only on episode two of this project, but uh, this one I'm pretty proud of because it really confirms that this concept will work and that it's worth doing. It's worth spending so much time on because up until a couple months ago, I had no idea if Bobby Smith was even still with us, let alone where she was or how to reach her. And I don't, I don't know that many folks did know that information. This all stemmed from episode one, uh, the interview we did with Willie Jones, of course. That record featured Bobby Smith and the Dream Girls doing the background vocal. And during the course of our interview with Willie, he mentioned that he had run into Bobby Smith in the last several years and that he thought she was still in Detroit somewhere. So I decided to see if I could track her down. Uh, I'm a huge fan of her music and I am not aware of her doing any other interviews and she certainly has not been heard from musically since you know 1965 so i wanted to know what happened to her where she's been and and of course how she feels about her body of work from when she was a recording artist i was able to uh track down some leads and ultimately ended up on the phone with her one afternoon and on that phone call she was pretty clear that she didn't really want to revisit the subject of her her music career or any of these old records. She was very polite when she declined my interview request, but we stayed on the phone for a few minutes and I still asked her some nagging questions I had as a fan. And I could tell that it tapped into some part of her that, you know, was still very proud of this work and was happy or nostalgic to revisit it. And so, you know, I left it alone for a little bit and and decided to call her back a couple weeks later. And it actually took, I think, three or four calls before she finally invited me to come over and talk to her in person. 
course, it took a couple visits in person as well before we could get out the microphone and, and conduct the interview that you're going to hear in a minute here. We spent several hours sitting at her dining room table, and she shared a lot of great stories. Family memories. She's the youngest of 18 children. She spoke about being discovered, literally singing on a street corner, just like out of a movie. Harry Balk drove by in a car. She was all 15 or 16 years old, and he stopped to listen to her her group singing on the corner and ultimately offered what would become the Dream Girls recording contract. She talked a lot about her relationship with Marin McKenzie, who she knew as Robert. He was the songwriter who did a lot of the Dream Girls sides and uh, her solo record, Miss Stronghearted. And she spoke about her spirituality and the reason that she doesn't really identify with secular music, as well as how that played into her relationship with her father, who was a minister. Um, It was a wide-ranging interview, and it was such a pleasure to spend time getting to know Bobby Smith. She was just such a fun and fiery personality to be around, and I think that comes across in this interview. And it certainly, for me, just enhances the phenomenal body of work that she put together between 1959 and 1965. So how about we finally hear from the elusive Bobby Smith? This is one record. You were telling me you were you were the 18th child yeah, I'm in the family. Baby. 18. Nine girls and nine boys. And you guys were, were very religious. Your dad was a yeah, minister. Yeah, my father was a minister, yeah. Now, see, that's what I was. I've been singing in church since I was five years old, you know. I didn't know about no blues. I sang that conventions and things, but I did spirituals. I was with all the top singers, Sam Cooke and all of them. I would be on shows with them. But I was nothing but a kid, you know. All them people be laid out. I didn't know what was going on. I just get up and sang, you know. And I was never trained. I was born like this. I could always sing, even when I was little. Mm-hmm. I said I'm saying to myself, and my father come in. He look at me and say, "You got it." In such a large family with so many brothers and sisters, influence on why you only. We had a ball. I had a ball. And then you, after I had Mike. Now look, I want you to have some more kids because Mike is gonna be lonesome. I said, Mama, look, I'm not cut out like you now. I said, I can't have no more kids. I'll be crazy, nuts. <laughs> I don't know how she did with 18. Hey, but you know what? I understand how she did it because my mama was the kind of woman, whatever she told you, you had to do. You didn't talk back to my mother. You didn't talk back to my father. My mother raised her children. Her kids never been in prisons and stuff like that because she would tell you, I don't want you in prison. Don't want you doing that. I want you doing this. Following God's footsteps, and you'll be all right. Because whatever she told you, you better have listened. Because my grandmama get behind you. It's 38 in her eighth pocket, and you better not say nothing to her. 
Mm-hmm, she a shoot I'm the youngest. I was the youngest in the group. Mm-hmm. By being the leader, I was the youngest. Mm-hmm. I was 15, 16, and still in school. See, and my mama, she got upset. She said, no, no, you got to go to school, got to go to school, got to go to school. So my brother told my mama, let us sing, you know. Oh, my brother named Lud, hear me sing. Come on, sing for me, baby. No, yeah. Do you remember, like, how did, how did you even get discovered? You know where we were? We were standing on the corner singing, and uh, Harry drove up in the car. Harry Balk? Mm-hmm. And he said, y'all sound real good. He said, I want to record you just like that. I said, what? Now let me tell you about the boy next door. He's so fine. So my mama was about me being a kid. My mama had to sign for me. She said, I don't know if I want my baby to go with me like that. Did you have to really convince her? Or? Right, uh-huh. We took it, Mama said, I don't like this. I don't like it. I said, well, Mama, all we're doing is just going to make some money. That's all. I said, now, you know how I was raised, don't you? See, yeah. Mama said, as long as you remember where you came from. You know, I've been calling you Bobby. Like, yeah, you can call me Bobby. stage name, but mm-hmm. your name is Alma Holman. Right. So where did Bobby come from? Because they want some shock. When you're singing, they didn't want Alma. They wanted Bobby. Bobby Smith and the Dream Girls. That's what they want. So it was like Harry Ball decided. Harry and Irvin named the group. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so I didn't say nothing. You know, I just let it go. So since you were singing lead, you became Bobby Smith. Mm-hmm. You just said they wanted something simple, nothing outstanding. You know. Did you like the name? It was all right. I didn't care. Well, people still call you Bobby now, right? Every time they see me, they start calling me. Mm. Loving, 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 loving them until the end. So, late 50s, you're a teenager, you're recording with the group, mm. you got some records out, and I imagine... And everywhere I went, people knew me. Tell them about Everywhere that. I went, I'd, hey, Bobby, girl, I got all of your songs. I said, what do you think? Yeah, I love to hear you sing, Bobby. I said, I'm glad somebody enjoyed but there's a lot of people told me that. I heard you on the radio, that was good, you know. Sometimes it make you feel good that somebody listened to you, that I had something to say that somebody listened, you know. But I tell you, being an entertainer is a rough life because you very seldom have time for yourself. It's always somebody else's time you're giving up. Because I've been singing ever since I was 15, you know. When I stopped, I was tired because I was sleep broke. I just couldn't rest until I got home. And then Harry or Irva called and said, Bobby, y'all on Super Show tonight. I said, what? I was going to... I said, oh, yes, sir. You know, he said, look, go ahead on, do the show. It ain't going to be long. We go on and do the show. I came home from the Apollo, my mama looked at me, oh my God, look at my baby, you're so skinny, oh, so skinny. Because by the time you do one show, get off, it's time for another show. And we did five a day, mm-hmm. five shows a day at the Apollo. And sometimes on the weekend, you did more than that. And I was just, wow, when you come off stage, I go back there, the guy go get our food, 
I gotta come back. I'll be asleep. <laughs> you yeah. know, he wake me up and the food is cold and I wouldn't want it. I said I don't want it. It's cold now. You know. So what would a typical set be like? Would you do like three, four songs? Or like oh, you have to stay out there for maybe about twenty minutes. Sometimes the announcer get up and so now we're bringing on a dream girl, and you get up and you do that. And when you end that one. Then the band hit the other one, and then you go and sing that. Sometimes I did about five or six songs at one time. And those kids know every song I sing. When I come on, come on, Bob. Boy, they go right over. Them kids be laying in the hallway. Boy, they be waiting on me, boy. them songs they sang right along with me yeah it was really nice you know anybody that goes to Apollo that's an experience but I had been to the Apollo already when I went to 20 grand but we just come home I come home thought I was gonna rest and then the guy called the woman coming in there wants to come in the 20 grand Bobby Spencer's dream girl gonna be at the twin grand. I ain't told that man nothing like that. And my brother came, he said, that man got you down there on that board. I said, what? He said, Bobby, go ahead on the sing now. Uh, Bobby and them are gonna be at the twin grand. I'm gonna take you, mama, so you can hear her sing. She said, I already heard her sing. I said, yeah, but you ain't heard her sing these. So she always hear me sing spiritual, you know. I didn't sing nothing like that around mama. So she said, where you get that song from, you know? That's the devil's work. You know, she always had stuff like that. That's the devil's work. My sister dressed up. My mama let you go and hear your baby sing, you know. She was all right until that shake dancer got up. Mama got up. It's a shame before God. Lady up there naked, men looking. My brother, mama, that's what men like. I know that's what they like because she's naked. They see everything. What? My brother had to take mama home. Did he she said, ever get to hear you sing? Oh yeah, that's what she heard me sing before this shake dancer came on. But after that shake dancer came on, that was the end of it. She was ready to go home then. Get me out of here, that's the devil's work. Oh Lord, look at here, Jesus. What's next? Yo, she called all of Let me get out of here before I see something else. Get up. My brother, come on mama, I'll take you home. The Dream Girls, you were you were putting out records a few years before Motown was even formed, right? Yeah, but I see, I cut records over there at Motown. Okay. It had formed already, but they hadn't opened up, you know, I did. Okay, so the studio about, was there. I did about three or four recordings over there, you know. Mm -hmm. Which of your records were at Motown? But uh, now he's gone. We did that one. Wanted. Did want it over there. I'm trying to see how many more. That did a lot of songs. Oh, oh, oh. You were when you were doing your records, um, where would you get the songs from? Robert wrote my, all my record. Marion McKenzie. Okay. He wrote all of my songs. Robert was a hell of a songwriter, I'm telling you that now. Only thing he had to do was listen to your voice. And he said, I got it. I said, what? He said, I got it. He said, I, I'm going home. I'm going to write something for you. And I'll let you know when I finish. I said, okay. Because he know how to make things rhyme. You know, he made them rhyme. Mm. Called me up. He said, Bobby, I finished the song. I want you to hear it. 
I said, you can put your foot in it. He said, what? I said, that's a good one. I said, that was a hit. What are what are some of the songs that really stick out to you when you think about your your group and what you guys were singing? Warning. Yeah. I love that. That's one of my favorite. Warning is my love. You left me behind. I love that. That was one of the songs. He said I wrote a song for you. All the songs that I sang, Robert wrote. He wrote all of them. record with the dream girls was 1962 and then a couple years later you did that that record just as bobby smith walking into my heart and the strong hearted that was just you no dream girls right that's right so it was like a solo well why weren't the dream girls on that record i cut i think i cut two or three by myself mm -hmm. you know that was a hair and they didn't want no nobody else on there Okay. Yeah, hey, I, I didn't care. Shoot. So what? What neighborhood were you, did you grow up in? Were you in Detroit at this time? Yeah, I was in Detroit. So where? All the time. What Which, part of the city were you? Oh, Merrick, in the West Side, between Twenty Third and Tillman. Right off Warren Avenue. I go back over there now, you can't tell that place what it looked like. Oh, everything done run down, the people ain't kept the houses up, and it's just a mess over there. A mess. I'm so sure good, my family got away from this mess. So, what was it like growing up there? I mean, you mentioned you and your friends would just hang out on the street corner and sing. Nobody never bothered you or nothing. Because everybody was trying to raise their kids over there. Because my girlfriend, their parents, well, like my mother, you know, she stayed, they stayed home with their kids, you know, they wouldn't run in the street. You know. Do you feel like Detroit, as a city, had much influence on your musical career? Like, Oh, yeah, but I'll tell that. you what, Detroit has some top entertainers here. Do you feel like being in another city could have accomplished the same things, or was Detroit pretty mm, No, important? no, Detroit was it. Yeah. Detroit is really... Uh, entertainment spot in the world. Some of the top entertainers come from here. But a lot of them just uh, messed up their lives, you know. Just messed up their lives. Yeah, we never had anything to do with that stuff because the Temptations used to come in. They used to come in. We used to be back there dressed and something like that. They come in. Hey, Dream Girls, how y'all doing? I was oh, we doing all right. Boy, so, these guys used to make me so mad, I'm telling you. Wanna hit this? I said, if you don't get your ass away from me and leave me alone, you know. Oh, he go laughing. Ah, oh, this stuff make you feel good. I said, oh, it ain't gonna make me feel no better than I feel right now. I said, you got that shit getting all in my hair and my clothes. I said, I'm, I'm not gonna be stuck with that shit. Now you beat it. David Ruffin, boy, he, that stuff just ate him up, you know. I don't understand, because I loved it, that boy's voice. That boy had a voice on him, but he just, Ruin himself, ruin himself. The boy had a beautiful voice, I'm telling you. Just ruin himself. I hated that, you know. That's one thing Harry and them did. They didn't want us messing around with that mess. Because my manager still said, I don't want no drink. I said, you ain't got to worry about me because I don't want nothing to drink. Mm -mm. 
drinking and, you know, smoking weed. How you going to entertain somewhere when you're out of your mind? You know, how you going to do something when you're out of your mind? Well, my father, because I called me up, he was sick. My father was dying. And he told me, he said, I want you to sign something. I can't sing because I can't hold up. I can't look at you now and sing. Because I know he was on his deathbed. You know, I knew it. I said, I can't now. He understood. He said, okay. When I went back, he heard my record on the radio. He said, you know how you was raised, right? I said, Dad, I haven't forgot about God. I still know him. I still appreciate him. I still thank him for what I have and all that. He said, that's good. I don't want you to ever forget about that. I wish you were saying for God. I said, Dad, they don't want to pay you no money. How you want me to live? You got the loudest shouters in this church, but nobody gives me a dollar. That's why I went singing pop. He said, I guess you have to do what you have to do. That's what he said. I wanted to tell him something, too, because Mama said when they was dating, he was out singing in clubs and stuff, no singing way. blues. Yeah, my daddy. Yeah. Now, he'd have got to be a Christian now. I didn't want me to. I want you to sing for God. Yeah, I want to say you didn't sing for God. I really didn't care, you know, because I wasn't raised with them type of songs, you know. But a lot of it I enjoyed because I met a lot of people. You know, like Bobby Womack and Sam Cooke and all of them. That's the only thing. But I had fun in my young when I first started. Going young and stupid, you don't know, you know. You had to learn. You had to learn. So why'd you stop performing? Your last record came I out in 65. I got pregnant with the baby. And he said, no more singing then. My mama always had a house full of children. She had a lot of children herself. But she always took care of other people's children. Because they know she wasn't going anywhere. People would call my mother. Uh, Miss Homer, what are you doing? Uh, and want to know if you could watch the kid. You know, she never turned them down. Okay, send them on. Be mad at them out there. My sister and I, my sister said, let's beat them up. I said, girl, <laughs> I said, my father heard her say that one day. He called her. And by that time, he stepped out on the porch. My father said, come here, I want to talk to y'all. He said, you know why that lady sent her kids down here? I didn't know why. I said, what? She don't have any food at home for her kids. She know we have food here and know your mama going to feed them. Now that lady did that every day. Then later in your life, you kind of did the same thing, right? With, uh, with other people's kids, you know, coming over. And... Yeah, this girl was at Madison's graduation and this girl was standing up there crying, holding me and hugging me. Mama, I just thank you so much. I said, what? 
I didn't know the girl parents was on drugs, because she used to be at my house all the time. And when she come in, Mom, I'm home. Can I? I said, go on in there, because I always cooked a lot of food, but I know Michael was bringing them home with me, you know. So that girl came in there and looked and saw me, and she just bust out with the crying. I said, what's wrong with you? So she said, but I'm just glad that I knew you because you taught me how to raise my kids. I said, girl, and then she just bust out and grabbed me and hugged her and cried and going. She said, my kids go to school just like you made Michael go to school. You made all of us. Because they be down in my basement on the floor sleep. I get up in the morning. I said, get up, get ready, and get out of here. You're going to school. Boy, they get up, too. Mama, I said, breakfast ready. Come and eat and go and get out of here. That's a great compliment. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, that's what they never... Never talked back to me. They always gave me something all the time. All the time. If you walk on into my heart, we can love like so many. But I love all of them, though, you know. I love all of them. If you could do it again, would you do anything different? Mm-mm. I probably would end this singing stuff. It's an exciting life. You learn and you meet a lot of nice people. That I enjoy. Yeah, some of the songs I really enjoy, you know, listening to them. Now, see, Michael got all of them, you know, the ones that are on there. Yeah. He think I don't know he done stole my record. Mama, I ain't got them. Lying, I said, I know you got them. I know he got them, because when he go to laugh, you know. Well, okay, Mama, I got them. I said, I know. Hearing them now, all these years later, what, how does that make you feel? I mean, do you feel like you're nothing? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> make you feel like nothing. Feel like that. Hey, I'm resting now. I ain't got to sing that no more. Mm -mm. Good when you were but you know what? I gave the Lord my voice now. I only sing in church. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, the songs is all right, you know, because they brought me from a long way. They did. Showed me the world, you know, and I enjoyed a lot of it. I only sing in church because that's what I feel. Alright, so this one's one of my favorites. Miss Stronghearted. You love that record like that? I, yeah, you, you like that record. Come on, that's a, that's a great record. It was a good record, but I, I wasn't fascinated with it. Well, I don't know, I'm fascinated. I loved that record when I first put it out. Yeah. But then it, you sing it so until you get wore out. My name is Bobby Smith, and my record is Miss Stronghearted. Now, only thing you need to do is sing. Well, give, show me how. Do a little, <laughs> a little bit of Miss Stronghearted, maybe. There was a time when you were mine. To have and to hold. Oh, let me tell you now, heartaches and lots of pain. That's for you. You specialize in, but my heart can't take it. I won't let you break it. Strong hearted, yeah. Is my new name. You sounded so beautiful. So good. Yeah, so she good. always she always think I can sing. Y'all something else, I'm telling you.
This episode of One Record featured the following songs. Oh, This Is Why, Love Him, Here Comes Baby, Now He's Gone, and Wanted by Bobby Smith and the Dream Girls. Walk On Into My Heart and Miss Stronghearted by Bobby Smith. Special thanks to Bobby Smith for her begrudging participation. This interview took place on July 26, 2019 at her home in Royal Oak, Michigan. This episode was produced by Mike Dukevich, that's me. It was mastered by David Yurkovich at Balboa Recording Studio in Los Angeles. You can find out more about One Record at onerecordproject.com or at One Record Project on Instagram and Facebook. Please do subscribe to this show. You can find it on every podcasting platform imaginable. And if you've enjoyed these first two episodes, please share it, review it. Just help to get the word out however you'd like. Until next time, I'm Mike Dukevich. Thanks for listening to One Record. I sing the blues right here sometimes. Mm. One of these days, and it won't be long, you're gonna look for me, and I'll be gone, cause I believe. She, come on, go on, Grandma, keep on singing. And she get on it. I believe, yes, I believe. I said, I believe right now. I believe, yes, I believe. See, I believe to my soul, trying to make a fool of me now. That's Ray Charles. But see, he know how to do his voice. That's easy.
That's the easiest thing in the world. Just know your ups and downs. That's it. And you don't tell me anybody can sing. Any of you can sing. You're just doubting yourself. Don't doubt yourself. Don't doubt yourself. You can sing. Anybody can sing. Anybody. But you got to, you got to want to and have confidence in yourself, and you can do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.